Hey guys, so sometimes when you run a podcast, you record a bunch of episodes and you don't know what order to put them out in. And this interview today that Matt did with Tony Fabro, this guy does three panel crimes. It's a really awesome Instagram comic. He's got a Patreon where he re releases exclusive three panel crimes. Happened a long time ago. Happened when Jordan Peele's Us first came out, but we've been so busy putting out this, putting out that. We had to put out Godzilla before that got too far away. So it's just one of those things that kind of gets behind, but it's a great interview. So we decided to dust it off and get it out now. But I told Matt, I'm going to put out the Tony Fabro interview. Matt said, I have a surprise for you, Rumi. And when Matt says he has a surprise, he delivers. Matt surprised me with the uh, Roger L. Jackson, the ghost face voice coming on our show. Surprised me with that. I had no clue that was happening. He surprised me with this T-shirt that had all these amazing comic book artists drawing us, the Rocketeers from the Launchpad podcast, and put that on a T-shirt for me. That was amazing. He said, I got a surprise for you. So, you know, when Matt has a surprise, you trust him. He did not disappoint. Uh, it, it had to do with Tony Fabro and the three panel crimes again. So let's just find out what that is. And right after the surprise reveal, we will dive into Matt and Tony talking about Jordan Peele's Us and then come back at the end to wrap things up. All right, guys, here we go. All right, so it is June 9th. This is quite a while after I initially interviewed Tony, and Tony and I have had a little bit of a kind of a budding friendship, and this guy's pretty cool. Rumi, meet Tony. Hey, Tony, how's it going? Hi, Aaron. How are you? Doing real well, man. I've just been editing your episode that you and Matt originally did, uh, talking about the Jordan Peele's Us, and that was going really well. It's welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, so Aaron, if uh, you can whip out your phone... And go on Instagram. Okay. And then go to at three panel crimes, all spelled out as one word. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, look at it. <laughs> all right. So I got two, uh, two very familiar idiots in a car scoping out a joint. There's a man about to walk into a door. On the second panel, the two idiots are running away while a guy blasts <laughs> at him with a shotgun or some sort of firearm <laughs> and then in the third panel <laughs> Rumi's his comic book page has a big bullet hole in it we're both so pissed off so we were robbing somebody for their comic book art oh my god Tony this is amazing this is amazing who who Miller's mangling <laughs> dude it dude that is a Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns splash that sold yeah. in 2011 for over half a million dollars yeah, it's the it's him and Robin, right? Jumping through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my Which goodness! Which is fucking genius. So, dude, when Tony and I spoke, we hit it off and immediately started talking horror movies. And after the interview I did with him, we bullshitted for like another forty five minutes on the phone. He's like, "All right, I'll put you. I'm gonna put you guys in one." He asked for pictures of us, and then that's it. And then he fucking wrote this thing that's like tailor made for us. Dude, I'm reading the comments right now. People are like, that's what you get when you steal yes. from a comic book nerd who lives in Texas. <laughs> Texas. People are like, <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. I love Dark Knight Rises. Th them some hardcore comic thieves. <laughs> that's incredible. Awesome. And I think this one, especially the one with the, the, the third panel with the hole in the book, I think that is one of the best likenesses of us that we've had in, in all of our comic adventures thus far. This is incredible, man. You Isn't told me this would awesome, be cool dude? and worth it, and I, you did not disappoint. Matt, Matt's always doing crazy stuff, Tony, and, and, and yeah. surprising me with it, and this is such, wow, this is amazing. I mean, it really does look like us. You can tell it's us. 
And it's perfect. We would totally go into some caper like that, but I think we would probably be in some sort of goofy costume. I think we would like decide, oh, yeah. <laughs> decide at some point. Oh, man. Well, I mean, since we got you here, Tony, how Three Panels Crimes been going? I mean, it seems like it's, it's really taken off. People are really recognizing it. Yeah, it's going well. Having a lot of fun with it. We've been having a lot more people hitting us up to do like guest art, which is always fun because you get to work with uh, different artists and different styles. It's been a really great experience. And I'm just going to keep, you know, keep doing it. That's fantastic, man. Now that you've had handsome boys on there too, I think you'll be getting a lot more hits, I think, just based on the <laughs> the the faces alone. I was going to say, I mean, maybe you guys should just be regular characters. <laughs> Ooh, uh, yeah. Would take it. Would do 100%. Oh, man. <laughs> that is so funny, Dude, man. Dude, he sent this to me like two or three weeks ago, and I showed it to fucking, I showed it to my mother-in-law. I showed it to Amanda, neither of whom cared. I showed it to Mr. Freeze, my dog. He kind of like got the gist of it. Uh, Cause he's a little bit of a comic book guy, but dude, the freaking likenesses <laughs> and actually like a long time ago, Tony sent me the first panel. And for those of you guys who haven't seen it yet, you got to go to three panel crimes on uh, Instagram. The first panel is clearly me and Rumi in a car watching someone go into their house. And like what Tony, probably like a month and a half ago, he sent me this panel and he was like, what are these two guys up to? And that's all he wrote. And I was like, he's always said, what are they going to do to that man? And I was like, help him. <laughs> that's incredible uh, what, i mean so freaking cool it's 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 so awesome and it's like the coolest thing about it Rumi, is like we've been in a bunch of comics so far but we're always doing like just ancillary stuff or stuff in the background skeevy this dude. is like some shit i could see me and you doing i could see me and you doing some frank miller art heist thing i would totally get in on a frank miller art heist with you just we just gotta make sure we wear the body armor after seeing this that that tells me. Well, in panel two, I'm high, I'm kind of holding the page up over my head, and if I was stealing, if I was stealing Frank Miller art, I would shield it with my body, unless you were there, rooms. <laughs> then I would shield it with your body. I'd hold it behind Rumi. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, now you guys know what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't we steal from Texans, and don't don't hold it up. I, we are all at least dressed in black. I think I dress in like a cat suit though, like uh, Axe Cop style. Yeah. <laughs> that would that would help with the stealth, I think. Oh, man, that's super fun, man. Guys, please check out Three Panel Crimes on Instagram. And what's the website again, Tony? ThreePanelCrimes.com. And then we also have a Patreon page. Uh, it's going to be Patreon.com slash Three Panel Crimes. It's all spelled out as one word. Awesome. Check it out. We have an amazing interview that Matt did with Tony Fabro where they talk about Jordan Peele's Us, which we'll get to right now. Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I am Matt. Aaron is still doing his uh, moving to Georgia thing to make some friggin' zombies for that little TV show he works on. But uh, I am holding down the fort here, and I'm going to do a little what have you been watching. Uh, I got a special guest by the name of Tony Fabro. We have a couple mutual friends and uh, vetted him a bit, and he seems like he's a cool guy to chat with. We're going to talk some horror movies today, namely Jordan Peele's Us. But uh, first... I would like to remind you guys to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're at LaunchpadPod. And you can check us out on our website, LaunchpadPod.com. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave reviews. That really helps us out. It really helps us out. That being said, let's jump into us. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a 
I am here with Tony Fabro. Uh, Tony is a buddy of a couple of our buddies and uh, looked into his stuff. We got some cool stuff to talk about. Tony, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Tony, you are a creator in your own right. You do something really bitchin' on Instagram called Three Panel Crimes. Is that right? That's correct. Why don't you, I, I love this premise. Why don't you shoot us, tell us what it is, explain a little bit about it, and then uh, we can talk about some of some of it. Uh, I've read a bunch of them, and uh, there's a million I want to talk about, but we got we have other stuff we want to do in this episode. But tell us, <laughs> tell us a little bit about Three Panel Crimes. Okay, well, Three Panel Crimes is exactly what it sounds like. It's um, a different crime story told once a week in only three silent panels. So no speech bubbles, no sound effects, just pure visual storytelling. And is this stuff that you write or draw yourself, or is this stuff that people submit to you? How does, how does the, 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 the Instagram work? Okay, so I write scripts, and we have a very talented guy who's our regular artist. His name's Dexter Wee. And then we've got uh, Chris Northrup, who's our colorist. And those are like the regular guys. But recently, we've been accepting um, a couple different guest artists to come on and do their thing. And that's been really fun. It's so cool. And it really is interesting. And it's fun because, like you said, there are a couple. It, there is definitely a vibe of the art. And then, like you said, there's a couple guest artists that come on and it spices things up. Um, and I, I guess like the, the, the word crimes in three panel crimes is like a loose interpretation. It's not necessarily always a textbook type crime, right? No, definitely not. I mean, we try to keep it within the realm of a three panel story. Mm -hmm. And if we can create a crime in like a different like universe, then that's great. Like if it's a sci-fi one, I'm talking about the guest artists. So like if we've got somebody coming in and uh, they're more like a sci-fi artist, then mm -hmm you know, we'll do the best we can to keep it in the crime genre. But for the most part, we like to stick to the nitty gritty of the uh, the classic crime stories and like parts of, you know, film noir and, and things like that, that we all kind of grew up watching and enjoying. And are you, you said you write all of these? Yeah, I do. That's amazing. When you click on these, uh, you know, that opens up the window and it's got uh, a little title and whatnot. I'm going to tell you what my favorite one. I haven't read all of them, but I read a bunch preparing for this and they're really fun. It's like, uh, you know, to prepare to talk to you, I jumped on there, was going to read a couple just to kind of get the vibe of it. And I was mm -hmm. clicking and clicking and clicking and I just like couldn't stop. And I was like, fuck, I have to re research the movie that we're going to talk about today, too. So I had to like close that window and open new ones. But there's some fun <laughs> stuff, man. If you're writing these as a writer, how do you feel with the self-imposed three panel limitations or, or restrictions or even do you view it that way? No, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a challenge to myself having those constraints is like a fun way to like play around in that sandbox. Mm -hmm. You know, I have to be really economical with like what I'm showing you because I've only got three pictures. Right. If I can get my point across as quickly as possible, it helps. And it's actually helped a lot in terms of my other projects that are a bit longer than just three panels. So it's a really fun exercise. Came up with the idea just hanging out behind Meltdown Comics, uh, RIP. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I wonder like if I could tell a crime story in like only three panels and like what that would look like. And then, you know, it just, it worked. It's been a lot of fun. Now, before we move on to some darker and scarier things, when you write the script for these, hmm. uh, I guess once the, once the idea is, is written down, or I guess maybe even during the idea, how much of this is a collaborative process with your artist or artists? Most of the time, like I'll get a, a visual in my head of like, okay, well, like, how can I make a crime out of somebody wanting to get their inheritance early? 
And then the visual will come of like, okay, so now there's a guy having his like his grandmother sign over, you know, the house in in the will or whatever. And then the next panel is like him turning on the gas, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, just get like a very rough sketch in my head about what I want the crown to be and what the particulars are. And then I'll go to Dexter with like the three panels written out in like standard script format and we'll do some really, really rough like sketches mm-hmm. and it'll come back to me and then we'll tweak the composition. And sometimes, you know, it's usually that third panel or it's that might change. We might make it more interesting um, just by throwing a few different details in there to give it a different meaning. The other thing that's kind of fun is that a lot of the times I leave a lot of things open to interpretation. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been great. Like reading in the comments, like people will be like, well, this is what I think happened. And like, this is why I think he did it. And like, that's, that's been a lot of fun. Like that kind of like audience participation part. I'm glad you brought that part up too, because a lot of these, like you said, are open to interpretation or you can kind of take it one way or another, or some of them are flat out open-ended where you can kind of, you know, come up with what happened. Like one of my favorite is called standoff and it's an image (laughs) of a bunch of birds on like a telephone wire. And then that's the first panel. Second panel is um, John Wick and Leon the Professional, right, with guns to each other's heads. And then the third panel is the same as the first panel with the telephone wire, but all the birds are now in flight taking off. So you know shit just went down. And it's like, cool, because there is, I'm sure there's no right or wrong answer for that, but it's cool. it's, It's fun to not only enjoy that art, but then also to see with everybody else and even to chime in on yourself and comment on, on what you think happened or, or what you liked or didn't like or, you know, what spoke to you in each panel or each story. It's pretty cool. And that's it's a it's a the, like you said, the audience participation thing is kind of a thing that not a lot of the, lot, not a lot of other mediums have. You know, if you read a comic book, you can comment on the Internet and stuff. But this mm. is kind of right there and it feels like it's part of the experience. Yeah. And also it's like because it's so short, like most people can consume it in like less than five seconds and then immediately say what they think is going on. So, Absolutely. You know, it's it's definitely less of a time investment, which makes it a little bit more open-ended to uh, to more and more people. Well, I'll tell you, the way it's, it's laid out on my website here is when you go to Instagram, and I'll have you plug that in a second, there's one panel for each story, and it's the lead-in panel. So, you know, I'm bopping around. I'm trying not to read chronologically. I'm trying to read some of the newer ones, some of the older ones, some of the middle ones, and kind of bop around. And I'm clicking on the panels, obviously, that draw me in real quick. One of the ones that, and that in and of itself is such a fun experience. One of the ones that drew me in immediately was the first panel for one called Underworld AAA. And it's (laughs) a, you know, it's a, it's an under the water shot of a, a main, a character swimming towards camera. That's the first shot. Second shot is two or three dead or bodies chained to cement blocks, like buoys hanging underwater and the main or the, the character that was in panel one looks like he's grappling with someone that's already chained up at the bottom of the ocean. And the third panel is him surfacing and two very Goomba like guys standing on the end of a dock with a car with the trunk open. And I fucking love that. That was one of the first ones I actually read. And I was like, this is so awesome. I just thought that was such a cool idea. I try to like make sure that the last panel is a bit of a twist or a surprise on mm-hmm. like where you might think it's going. and. The other fun part about this is a lot of these are just story ideas that I haven't had the time to develop yet. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like Ed Brubaker and the whole criminal universe. So 
I've definitely been inspired by his work to like get out there and, and build my own kind of world of crime. Uh, I'm down, man. Where can we find this world? Tell us a little bit about where we can see this. What is the Instagram? Sure. Yeah. So it's at three panel crimes, all spelled out as one word. It's on Instagram for now. And we've got some plans of uh, putting together a website and some other things as well. There may or may not be a, a printed book coming out very oh, shortly. Cool. Who knows? <laughs> hey, all right. We'll see. Keep and, us posted, uh, man. Yeah, well, man. So yeah, definitely. But for now, uh, just at three panel crimes, all spelled out as one word on Instagram. All right. Well, that's what we've been reading. But we want to talk a little bit also about what we've been watching. And uh, Tony and I both watched the same movie. Uh, and that is Jordan Peele's Us. It is uh, the story of a, a family who is being menaced by what we very quickly find out. And there's going to be spoilers here. So, Tony, first of all, we're allowed to say any fucking bad words we want. And you can spoil anything because everyone knows that they should have either seen what we're watching or get ready for spoilers. So this is a, a family getting kind of menaced by almost like their mirror image family. And it is... It is really good Jordan Peele filmmaking, I think. Did you think, uh, I mean, let's just jump in. Did you like this movie? Yeah, I definitely liked the movie. It was entertaining and it kind of, it hit a lot of uh, those sweet spots of just like, oh, cool. Like, that's great. Like, I think this is kind of random, but the one thing that comes to mind is the gag in the boat where he's like about to shoot the guy with the flare gun. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, great. Like, here it comes. Like, he's going to shoot the monster with the flare gun. Ha ha. He mentioned it earlier. And then like, it just pops out. Yep. And it's like, wah, wah. And I was like, ah, that was great. I really like that. <laughs> it's funny that you say that, too, because I feel that one thing that they do, there's one or two characters in this who are the comedic characters who constantly are making jokes and stuff. And that was actually one of the spots that I wished was changed slightly was I wish that some of those one liners and jokes, I think instead of bro instead of breaking the tension, which is what I think their intent was, I think right. it kind of took me out of the moment because there's a couple times where like some shit just went down. And it was like they wait. Maybe it's that they waited a beat and then there was a silly line. And I was right. like, why would you say that then? Whereas I feel that, you know, that's a trope that's in horror movies for sure. It's not something that, you know, Jordan Peele or someone in, that, in this movie made up. But I felt like there was a couple that didn't break the tension for me. They more took me out of the moment. Although the, what you just said, that gag with the, uh, the flare gun was definitely not one of it. That was well-timed, well-played. I like you. I was like, oh, he's going to shoot him with the flare gun. And it didn't work. Yeah, I think like something that I really enjoy about Jordan Peele and a couple other directors is that they'll mix that kind of like horror or drama mm -hmm. with comedy. And yes. in my opinion, I think when it works, you know, it's a great way of making you care about the characters because if they make you laugh, you like them. Sure. Or at least I, or at least I do. So when something awful happens to them, you're like, fuck, <laughs> you yeah. really care because you're invested in these people that you like. Sure. And you you know, a movie like this, think of the scariest movie you've ever seen. It can't be awful the whole time. And, you know, to get an emotional punctuation, whatever it is, whether it's happy or sad or up or down, you have to have the other first. Like, you have to have peaks and valleys. Otherwise, it's the same emotion the whole time at the same level. And, you know, think of every horror movie. You need to have that, that steam vent of letting the audience take a breath from the suspense. And this is something that I think Jordan Peele does great is tension and suspense. And I'll talk about that in a second. I think it's how he crafts, you know, his scares in his movies. But it is important to tickle the funny bone at the same time as you're scaring people because it can't be scary the whole time. If it's scary the whole time, I almost think it can't be because if, you, if you're scared for 20 minutes straight, you're no longer scared. You know what I mean? Your body adjusts like physically on a biological level, your right. body adjusts. But when you have that laugh and you have that, that time to breathe, 
then you're setting yourself up for the new scare. And although I think he did a better job with that in Get Out than he does here, mm-hmm. he certainly does it here. You know, I think, like you said, those little m- the moments of comedy set the stage for your body. It's like hitting that reset button to, to get you scared again, you know? No, I totally agree. Let's talk about this. Let's frame it this way. I feel that he does a lot of things correct that you need to do correct to have a good movie, a yeah. good horror movie specifically. Let's start with one of the things that I think we're kind of in, I don't want to say the term renaissance because that makes it sound a little bit bigger than it is, but and it gets me too excited, but yeah. When you watch horror movies of late, I believe a lot of them are starting to go back to basics. They're starting to do less jump scares. They're starting to build characters and they're starting to build situations that will scare you in terms of tension and suspense. Do you agree that this is starting to happen a little bit more in horror movies today? Oh, completely. And I'm really happy about it too because I think, you know, personally, I appreciate a movie that's more psychologically disturbing. Like sure. that's scarier to me. If I leave the movie and I'm still thinking about that situation or that one scene that just made me go, oh God, that's a great movie. I agree with that. I feel that the the, the psychological thriller as a, a genre or even as a type of scare is going to stick mm-hmm. with your audience longer than the jump scare. Like, yeah, you know, if you're watching a, a killer movie where someone jumps out from behind something, when you go home and you turn on the lights and or especially if you turn off the lights, I guess if you're a baby little baby girl, then like maybe you're going to get scared that there's someone behind your couch. But even even as like a, an, a kid, unless I was a kid kid, I wasn't as scared about that stuff as like a what if that happened to me type of stuff. And I feel like us is one of those things. What would I do? There's a very iconic moment and, and scene and visual in this movie that I think was in the trailers where they look out the front window and there's a family, clearly a family standing in their driveway backlit. And it's two adults and two kids. And I think we as the audience are supposed to know that this is going to be something somewhat doppelgangers for the main characters, but they don't realize it yet. But like, it's not a giant masked killer standing there. It's a weird family and they're backlit, so you can't see their faces. And it, it like when I watched that, I thought, well, what would I do in that situation? Especially what would I do if my family was in my house behind me? And I feel like, like you said, that's one of those moments where you're wondering after the movie, like when I went home and I went to bed, I was like, what would I do if? You know, there was someone outside right now. And my wife said there's a family outside. How would I handle that? What do you do, Tony, if you're you're hanging out with your family in the middle of the night and you look outside and your wife and your kids are like, there's a family outside and you look outside and it's way too fucking late for a family to be standing in your driveway. How do you handle that? I'd probably let the dogs outside of the front door. <laughs> unless unless they had like doppelganger dogs too, because then like, oh no. Oh that, damn, that, that, that's it. You know what? Never mind. That thought's too dark. I gotta protect the dogs. The dogs gotta stay good. But um Yeah, man. That that's like and it was something that was great too, because it's like literally it was their shadow selves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yeah. scarier than that is like you have something it's not like this big, dumb, scary monster or like, you know, a robot even though robots are great, but like it's themselves. Sure. And they think like that. So they know what they're going to do. And like, I always thought that that was just a great way of like creating um, a villain in a movie that's scary is, is, is yourself because some of the, you know, just personally, some of the hardest things to look at in life are the darker aspects of yourself and challenging yourself to, uh, to deal with that and face those demons. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a great theme um, for this movie. And it was a great theme that was told well. And I think it's funny because I don't really know Jordan Peele 
as a comedian. Like, I know what he did. I know the movies and the TV shows that he did, but I didn't really watch those. But I'm thinking about going back and doing that because he's a good storyteller. Now, you come up with a story of us, like really kind of what's on the page or even before that, what was in his head. It's a, it's a, it's a creepy idea, a creepy underground, you know, shadow selves of everybody that one day want to try to flip, flip the tables and turn the tables on you know, the people who are living the bright life and they want to become the brighter people, the, you know, the people who experience sunshine. It's a great idea. But I feel like you could very easily fuck that up or make it every other horror movie. And one thing that I think he understands as a horror storyteller is crafting that suspense. And I think it's very hard to do that. I don't want to make it simple. But I think one thing that he does that not a lot of contemporary horror movies, I think, like we said, we're starting to do it more. But right. he holds a fucking shot. His shots are way longer than the average movie, be it horror or otherwise. And I think he understands that the story he's telling is not a jump out in your face, scare you. It's not a swell of the music, jump out, scare. He's going to show you something weird and he's going to take his time. And I Mm -hmm. think that does two things right off the bat. I think one, it makes you uneasy as a human to be waiting so long to see what's going to happen. And it shows you that thing. But it makes you think about like, wait, why is that family standing outside? What could happen next? What is going to be the deal here? But also by doing that, I think it helps you relate to the main characters, because when you're watching this movie, Tony, do you not put yourself standing next to these main characters, this main family in any of the situations they're in? Oh, absolutely. And I think it's great that you brought up like how he's not jump cutting and like going super fast, like a lot of movies still do today, um, because by taking that extra couple beats to like really look at the situation, you have more time to process information, really look at what you're seeing, which in my opinion, like makes it a lot more of a vicarious experience. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, anyone who watches movies, if you, if you've learned a little bit about film, if you watch an old black and white movie, a lot of people call those boring and it's not because it's black and white. It's because the shots take fucking forever. The shots are like, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half long. And because of, 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 you know, I'm, I'm assuming, Tony, you're about my age, but like our generation of filmmaking is much faster. Those mm. shots do not hold. They go real fast. Any sort of kinetic thing, the camera is moving, the cut, you know, it's cutting real fast. And in a horror movie, that has its place depending on what story you're telling. But when you're not telling that story, and I think this is also hereditary, I feel like did the same type of filmmaking where they slowed down. They showed you shit. They let you think about shit. And it really, I think that really goes a long way to crafting suspense, which I feel like is a genre we haven't had in horror in quite a while, at least not generally, you know? Oh, yeah. Compl- like, I loved Hereditary. It was great. That was definitely one of those movies where I went home and I was just like, oh, I know it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> or is it, Tony? But I don't know, man. We, If you guys want to listen, Aaron and I talk about Hereditary. We both liked it. I didn't like how it ended because it definitely ended with like a lot of really scary stuff, a lot of great visuals and just head scratching tension bullshit. But I also wanted a little bit more of an answer. Why was this this? Why was that that? If you guys haven't listened to our episode where we talk about Hereditary, it's another what have you been watching that Aaron and I did a while ago. Please go check that out. But Tony, the longer the short of it is I just wanted more of it explained. And I can't necessarily take points away from it for that reason, but I didn't want to award it the points for that. That being said, I felt like this movie, Us, does create a weird-ass fucking world where it, you know, the whole movie you are like, okay, so they're being menaced by this, this is the threat, 
But there's a big question of why. Why is this happening? Who exactly are these antagonists? And we do kind of get an answer for the most part. There's still a couple questions at the end, but for the most part, it explains a lot. Were you satisfied by the ending, Tony? Not really. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. So you you and I are in the same boat then. We're, we're, we're definitely on the same page. I think like a big part of it was what was so great about the opening of the movie is there's that whole blurb, you know, about all these tunnels. Sure. And it's not in the trailers and it's not in any of the, like the posters or anything. Right. So you're just like, what the, what is this? Like it just, it piqued my curiosity. It was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is, he, what is, what does this have to do with clones? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, towards the end of the movie, like it was cool that they had a hands across America yep. uh, thing going on. And, and that was fine. I, I found myself asking questions more so about like who created the tethered. Right. Why? Like, not necessarily. I think they kind of explained that why it was like so that they could try and control people above ground. But like, I was really interested in like the world of like that underground, the tethered world. I sure. wanted to see more of it. Um, maybe he'll do a movie that's just about the tethered. I don't know. Um, but it definitely left me wanting more. So I guess, I mean, he did his job as a filmmaker, right? Because I'm curious and I'm intrigued. Although I would have liked just a little bit more information um, as to the the why. Sure. Uh, and I feel, I feel like what you're saying, it, it, or I agree with what you're saying, and I would add to it that the, the last act of the movie runs a little long. The total runtime of the movie is just shy of two hours, and you feel that last act. And in that last act, they reveal a lot of shit. We go down into these tunnels that the, the, the opening title card mentions, and theoretically you've forgotten about since that. And it's like, ah, this is because of this, and this is because of this. But pretty much every new thing that they say kind of puts up another question. And some of them, like you're describing, I think give you that, that great feeling of you've crafted a good movie and I want to know more. But also when the credits finally roll, you're like, wait a minute, though. Here's two real questions that you should have answered. And I feel like at least the people I saw it with, I saw it with three other people, and we all kind of felt the same. The ending was a little bit long and kind of left us wanting both in a good way but also not in a good way we need a little bit more did you see it with other people yeah i saw it with a friend did they feel the same way as you yes e- even more so they were, I see. <laughs> <laughs> they were like what the fuck was that all about and i was like okay like let's uh let's go sit in the car and talk about this it's uh it's gonna be all right and i feel like that's actually the best any, any movie whether it's horror or another thing if the movie is off and you walk away from it with someone who's seen it and you're talking that's the best mark of a movie. Whether you liked it or didn't, if you feel something about it, that's like the most important thing. You know, I think like that's that's what a real movie would do. And I think a movie where you could talk about I liked it, but or, I, I, you know, here's what I thought and here's my my questions about it. I think that's that's succeeded in a movie. So I feel that this movie definitely worked. I would definitely say, you you know, most of my friends should go see this movie. If you guys are listening to this and you listen to the podcast, we you know that we have similar taste probably you're listening to my dumbass talk about stuff you guys should definitely go check this movie out i would recommend this to pretty much everybody except like my wife and my mom they're not gonna like it <laughs> <laughs> you know what i i kind of likened it to tony did you see the invitation yes is it i oh feel it's very similar vibe to that right dude we we're on the same page it seems like we have the same kind of homework that we're reading up on yeah i love the invitation it was great. And definitely in the like that kind of like a disturbing, like Hitchcock style slow burn where things just get weirder and weirder and you just start to feel the tension. 
when you're talking about the renaissance of like horror, you know, It Follows is another great one. Dude, I dude, we should be fucking going to movies together. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that that was the beginning of the renaissance for me, or at least when I really started to be like, wait, this isn't just one or two movies. A lot of and Hollywood movies. It's not just the independent. Well, what's quote unquote independent now? But like, it's not just the small movies. It follows was like, listen, I understand horror, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back. So, yeah, that's and it follows did this. It follows an invitation. I think we're both really good examples of doing that. Here are some weird shit. By the end of the movie, I will have answered some of it. But I'm gonna, you know, you guys can go get some French fries and a milkshake and bullshit about this movie and kind of deconstruct it a bit and have fun with it. And I feel like invitation, the invitation, and it follows had a higher success rate than us as far as answering some questions, but leaving me with some tantalizing bits that I want to know more about that universe. Yeah. Like the invitation, you know, if I remember it correctly, like it leaves you with that, like, Oh shit, it's not just this house. Right. Other people are experiencing this across the Valley. You're like, Holy shit. It's everywhere. And like, I think, I don't know, like maybe there was a way to do that with this movie. Maybe not, but then again, I mean, I think Jordan Peele is an amazing director and writer and he like he really hit all the notes he needed to hit. But I definitely think like in terms of the ending and the invitation that like, oh, wow, you know, this is happening in more than just one house was like really effective. Whereas like with this movie, the, the whole part about, you know, Adelaide actually being a tethered. Right. Yeah, I just I was like, OK, like, I guess that makes <laughs> sense. You know what I mean? Like, but it was also like, I think they thought that was going to be like a big surprise. But I had thought that the whole time. And then that without. Well, I guess spoiler alert, big spoiler alert for the ending. <laughs> the main character, she meets a mirror person in the very beginning of the movie, like in pretty much the first scene. And at the end of the movie, they basically tell you that they switched places and she was a tethered that got out. So she lived this whole regular life as a tethered and her tethered is actually the real person coming back. But then they say her son also may have had that same thing happen to him off camera and she knows it and winks at it and kind of lets the audience know. But we saw him have another tethered. So what does he have two tethered? Like that doesn't make sense then. So it's like, I think they were like, ah, what if this was the case? And as an audience member, you're like, yeah, but if that's the case, six other things now don't make sense. Like you've you've kind of deconstructed your own universe in a way that doesn't make sense to me. There's not as much consistency. Yeah. I mean, I think a big question for me in terms of why I wanted to know a little bit more about the world of the tethered was like, what was keeping them down there? <laughs> There's a security guard, but he went off duty right before the movie started. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I read that on a uh, website somewhere. There's, There's going to be a deleted fired. scene of that. Okay. <laughs> what if it was the security guard from get out? Wasn't that guy a security guard, his friend who comes in at the end? Yeah, you're right. What you if it's what? The, yeah, he's it. the security guard for the, the underworld, for the tethered world. And he was on, he had to go rescue his friend from Get Out, and then the, the, the tethered could go up that escalator then. Dude, it was his total, like, he was the mastermind of the entire thing. I bet you he's going to do a, Peel is going to do a M. Night Shyamalan thing, and he's going to, like, make one or two more movies and then tie them all together in the same universe. It'll be called Get Us Out. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then whatever the third movie is called, I he, I don't know yet. But I would say I I would say this is a a recommend. I would easily recommend this to most of my friends. Do you, you feel the same way? Yeah, no, it was great. Like it was fun to watch, and it definitely you know keeps you on your toes. I mean, the only thing once again is just with Adelaide being a tethered like like you. I'm sure you know as soon as she started making weird noises, I was like, oh okay, she's she's one of them. Agreed, I agree with that. I, I thought the noises. <laughs> As a design, the noises sounded cool, but I was like, oh, now you're crossing back into like regular horror movie type stuff. 
you know, that being said, and we could talk about this, we really could talk a lot about this movie, but it was really well shot, really well mm. designed, really well directed, and really superbly acted across the board. Even fucking Tim from Tim and Eric, who I normally hate on television, he did a great job with his part. And I think that also helps. I think horror is a genre where we don't care about a lot of the conventions of filmmaking because it's horror and it's like it's not as serious as a drama or even as a comedy. It's a little tongue in cheek. And I think a lot of times a production will skimp on those things because it's not taken as seriously. But when you do take it seriously, I think you get a movie like this or Get Out or The Invitation or even um, uh, even It Follows. Like, you know, there's no one deserves any awards for It Follows as acting, but it was great acting. They did those parts perfectly, you know? Right. Um, but this is a great movie. You guys should go check it out. Jordan Peele, us. While, you know, when you're done checking that out, Tony, give me your Instagram. Where can people follow you? Tell us where else uh, your online presence is. Where can people find more about what you're doing and what you're up to? Yeah, so it's just three panel crimes on Instagram. Spell that as one word. And um, that's about it for right now. And guys, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LaunchpadPod. And on our website, launchpadpod.com, please like and subscribe, leave reviews. That stuff really helps us. Plus, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, and in the meantime, Tony, let's put on our, uh, our red jumpsuit, our one driving glove, and get those scissors out. Get down to that, either get down to that tethered or come up. Or do you think you're, let's leave on this note. Tony, are you the, the above world Tony, or you think you're the tethered Tony? Oh, man, it depends on the day and how much coffee I had. <laughs> there you go. That's a three-panel crime right there. Well, check out uh, Three Panel Crimes on Instagram. Look at all of our stuff. And please go see Get Out, guys. It's a fun movie. So thank you very much. Tony, thanks so much for coming on the show, bud. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. We, well, I am the Rocketeers and special guest Tony Fabro, but uh, I'm the Rocketeer and I am out. We'll have Tony back on for sure, dude. For sure. He's, he, he is, uh, I mean, he's been a handful of shitty movie Sundays. We, me and him have to cut a couple movie dates. He, he's our type of people for sure. Great, man. Yeah, sh- shitty movie is so much fun, man. Oh, well, so much fun. I, I really appreciate uh, appreciate you putting us in a comic. I, I, I've been I've been following. I can't believe I did. Did you literally just post this just before we talked? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because like I was scrolling this morning and I was like, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I just love I love the stuff. I love the art. I love the characters like you guys get some really amazing pieces out of it. And some of them are so fucking dark. And I love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Dexter, we and Chris Northrup are, I'm really lucky to work with those guys. They're a really talented team. So just keep going. Keep making stuff. Like the one, the one that has the, the creepy dog man. Like what is going on? Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. We talked in our interview, we talked about a couple specific ones. But if you guys haven't checked that out, it's, I mean, it's one of those things that like you go in there thinking, oh, I'll just read two or three. And yeah. then it's like 20 minutes later and you've read like a hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> How many are there right now? Do you know? Do you have a number? There's 82. Uh, I, I, I'm fingers crossed on that book, man. I hope you get a, a cool little book going on this. This That would be really cool. Yeah, that's that's in the, we're planning on doing something like that. That'd be Making a, a collection. It'd be a lot of fun. And then uh, our Patreon account is going to be just a, an exclusive version of it. So there's going to be four per month that are only ever going to be seen on Patreon. So Nice. Very cool. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Awesome, man. <laughs> Rumi. Did it again. <laughs> so cool. Did Fucking again, Frank man. Miller heist. Dude, and he said he was going to put, I just thought he would do like what has been done before, where we would just be like idiots in the background somewhere. Yeah. You know, handsome guys stealing the show from oh. the background. 
Nope. And, and it's awesome because it's definitely like it's right in our goddamn wheelhouse stealing oh. Frank Miller art. I can see us doing that. Oh, man. And probably with the same success ratio as, <laughs> as uh, depicted here. <laughs> I would definitely. It would end with me crying regardless. <laughs> we'll have to plan something out off the air. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds good. And that way they could see these, this essentially like a three-panel crime version of this on the news. Yeah. <laughs> we can make like, sure that there's pictures from the security footage. Yeah, there you go. Freeze in different poses. <laughs> the news is like, we would show you the recreation, but three-panel crimes has done it for us. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it says artist interpretation. three-panel crime version of the courthouse. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that'd be kind of fun. Like oh. Look, he's taking those notes. What, he's writing that down. What would that be? The one that just popped into my mind, and I mean, this is obviously comic book related, but uh, the the Harvey Dent getting acid in his face, like something yeah. in that vein, where it's like in three panels telling some sort of courtroom moment that's explosive. So I'm on board. I, I I tell you, I would do I, whatever this guy does. I'll at least give it a glance, see what's up. <laughs> thank you so much again for putting us in the comic yeah. man, and uh, thanks this for being is on the super show. Super cool, yeah. Tony. Dude, thanks for having me, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Bye. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a Thank you.